fun begins. You were the chosen one! No, I will deal with them myself. I am the podcast. All right, so Book of Boba ended this week, and uh, Boba Fett is your favorite character. Yes. Still. Was one of my favorite characters. Still? Has it changed? I don't know. I think I can speak for a lot of other Boba fans when they didn't really do him justice. Look, I mean, part of the reason that made him so badass is that he was... There was so much mystery to his character, and you just know that he had the Jedi braids on his right shoulder. He had an illegal weapon that you know the Empire allowed because he was working for them and contracted by them. Like mm-hmm. he has so much potential. I think that's why everybody loved him. And I mean, the guy had what two minutes, three minutes of like screen eight, time, eight minutes. eight minutes of screen time, three lines, or maybe maybe four or five. And yet to have this kind of following, like they had so much. All they had to do was just make him a little bit more badass, and they just didn't. I but, mean, he had he had his moments. I'm not saying he didn't have moments where he was, he was awesome, but not enough. Not yeah. enough. I uh, so I was watching Return of the Jedi, and something they never mentioned is that Luke cut his gun in half because he has that special. Uh, I don't know what the blaster, rifle. Know what the blaster yeah. rifle is called, but Luke cut it in half before he got knocked into the pit. And uh, he just got it back. I mean, they, they talk about him retrieving his armor from the Jawas. And, um, well, not from the Jawas, but from Cobb Vanth. And then, you know, that whole Mandalorian thing. But, you know. Well, that's the other thing I think, too, that it was kind of a bummer as a Boba fan. Seeing that Mando hijacked half of the season. Not that I'm, I'm upset about it. It was the best, unfortunately, the best part of the entire series. Yeah, it was. Were, were his episodes where Boba wasn't even present, which is disappointing to say the least but his rifle by the way is an e e3 carbine carbine rifle. okay so yeah i, I did so i mean the I, the show itself <laughs> i called him riding a ranker you know when they yeah. uh, we were talking beforehand and um but uh well, this is this is weeks ago this is when they first introduced the rancor with when danny trejo danny trejo rolled him in on the slab yeah it was Chekhov's gun 100 when he yeah. said i'm gonna ride that thing yeah um <laughs> But, uh, I don't know. So I've been watching the Screen Rant Easter egg deals. And um, it was uh, it was pretty badass at the end of how that show ended. But, I mean, it's more about, like, this... I thought this, the... As soon as they stopped focusing on Boba, un- unfortunately, like, the show became way, way more better. interesting. Yep. Introducing fun things like the Nubian starship that uh, they yeah, decked the out for, Man- for yeah. Mando. Uh, they talked about more about the Darksaber. They mentioned... It's the first live-action show to mention Re- Re- Sabine Wren, I believe. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and how the whole issue with her giving the Darksaber to... Uh, to um, Bo-Katan. To Bo-Katan, because yeah, that uh, she didn't fully actually earn so, it. And I also liked how he couldn't really use the, the dark sword like a noob. Like, if we picked up a lightsaber, you know... We would, I, we would most likely chop off a limb. Correct. And the <laughs> fact that he, like, he like burnt his leg, I thought that was... I thought that was pretty good. You know, I... The, um... What I thought was cool, too, is they introduced one of the kin of the Visla clan. Yeah, from... He's, he's one Pri's, of the few left. like Pri's son, right? Yeah. Who was... Vo- I who, guess it must be Pri's son. 
but it was voiced by John Favreau, not not the guy. Really, who, not in this show, but previously was uh, was was John Favreau, was John Favreau, in, Favreau the Clone Wars? in the Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. cool! I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, I, there's a lot of callback to Rebels and Clone Wars in these series. I know it's obviously Filoni's at the helm. You got Cad Bane coming back, which we both I think that was orgasmed moment. when yeah. we saw that. That was the coolest moment. And um, you know, what do you think about their decision to kill him? Do you think he's dead? You made a great point earlier. When we were talking off, you know, off the recording about how we talk the, about Star Wars the, all the time. Yeah, so. <laughs> we're just letting you in on a piece. Yeah, yeah. But no, I think it, a lot of it came down to the fact that, like you mentioned, the dude's like he's a geriatric at this he's point. Seventy-five. He's Seventy. Well, and I I read somewhere that he ages faster than the typical human. So like seventy-one for him could be like probably eighty-nine and ninety probably for us. Yep. So it's. So Duros have a life expectancy. I actually looked this up. Duros, which is his race, has yeah. uh, a life expectancy around ninety years. So, so yeah, so, so he's, he's, he's I mean, considered old age at yeah. this point in time. I mean, he's still whooped everyone. He's still past. kicking everybody's butt. You know, in, but, but it explains how slow he was moving though around town. You realize when everybody's walking, I mean, he's shuffling. And like, he's not. He's not. He doesn't look like he's exactly comfortable walking around. Tie, tie back to the old westerns too. But I, so I, I heard that he got beat. By Boba, just because uh, Cad wasn't familiar with the Tuscan weapon. That was my that was my take. Yeah, I mean, he, one I he that. didn't realize that Boba had learned that fighting style or that weapons that weapon technique, In and the, so when Boba busted out on him, he had no answers for it. It was a nice it was a nice callback to the beginning of the season two season of not season two but beginning of the season. It was mm-hmm. a nice callback to him. Yeah, yeah. His, his clan still took care of him in the end. I was basically. pretty impatient when they were doing the whole Tuscan thing. You know, like. You know, I liked when the Rodian got eaten by that scorpion guy. Um, but you know, for the most part, him. I I enjoy. I actually enjoyed the the Tuscan, you know, Lin, or the Tuscan background story or development because, I I mean, at this point, I know what that's probably what episodes one, two, and three of the season. And at this point, you know, okay, in real time, he's just in the back to tank getting healed. So what are they going to do to kill time? They're going to show you backstory and show yeah. you his what happened after he got out of the, like, the Sarlacc pit. Like, don't get me wrong, I think the Boba Fett season, I think, was v- pretty well done for a first season. And I think it's going to lead into a better season two and a better season three because I think Mandalorian had its moments too where it was a bit, a bit slow, yeah. right? And so we were kind of waiting for the next step to occur. And I think that that's kind of what we got a dose of. And I think because it's Boba, there's so much more expectation, I think, placed on it. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping to see a, you know, quote unquote, healthy Boba start kicking some ass in season two. But, um, one of the things I was disappointed though with, with Cad Bane was they didn't, they didn't even tell the backstory again of all of a season that was rife with throwbacks. They didn't throw back to their first battle where we actually understand that, Oh, that's where actually, that, you know, trademark dent in the left corner of his helmet is actually from Cad Bane's pistol. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in a previous, you know, duel they've had, yeah. where they basically draw, they drew. They, like, they basically, they basically knock each other down. And we're, like... So, it caused the dent in, in Boba's helmet. And then I read, too, that um, the steel plate that Cad had... Cad was caused the, by his... Was caused by the shot yep. that came out of Boba's gun. Yep. So, it was like a draw. So, they both have marks from each other. <clears throat> but the uh, I, I, the fact that he had it in live action, he had the steel plate, um, they said, demonstrates that that 
there's a there's an uncut, uh, obviously, uh, unfinished portion of was it Clone Wars? Yeah, I think it was a Clone Wars. Was or it? It, or yeah. was it, it had to be Rebels because Clone Wars. He was a baby, he was a kid. Mm. Bubba was a kid in Clone Wars. Yeah, but I, I think it was. I want to still say it was. I mean, it could be wrong, but I mean, a Filoni piece. Yeah, yeah there was a Filoni scene that yeah. was deleted, where it Boba kills Cad Bane. Yeah. So, yeah. It. Uh, but I did. There's <laughs> some things I like too. Just since Boba's top of mind, um, I liked how they talked about. They had a lot of fan reactions implemented in the show. Like when the Amy Sedaris character, I forget the the tell person that helped Mando fix his ship. Oh yeah, yeah. When she saw Grogu, she's like, "What's your name?" That's a yeah, stupid. That's a, that's a stupid yeah. name. I'm not calling you that. that. And there's a lot of like callback. And then when when Cad said, "Go back to your back," to, you're gonna go run to your back to tank. Mm-hmm. That was another like feedback that people were having. Yeah. In the season, like Boba's just healing yeah well that, that, i think yeah again that it just goes back to like p- people who are boba fans like again i was like if i wanted to watch somebody go through physical therapy i just go i just go down the street to like and watch a bunch of old dudes like rehab their their you know hip replacement yeah <laughs> it's like like and that again that's where like the mando portion of this whole series really picked it up and really actually kind of saved it because yeah, yeah and i think that was also right after we saw those ridiculous speeder bikes. Speeder being a, uh, a generous word. Yeah. Those uh, little hover bikes that the, the teenagers, the teeny boppers are using. And yeah. I know that there's a cultural reference to that. Um, again, if you guys aren't watching the screen rants, they're actually really great. We should try and see if we can get him on, on a call or on a podcast <laughs> yeah, with us because he's luck. fantastic. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you learn a lot through his through his videos. But he, and again, he, he references a cultural throwback to it there's relevance behind the bikes and our colors and the kids like, but I don't know. I just, that was so ridiculous. I mean, gotta be a world record for the slowest car chase ever on film. Yeah. It was and, the slow piece, slow speed chase was pretty, pretty, yeah, it just pretty had, hard to watch. It had some things that were pretty, yeah. So I, it, it was kind of, it wasn't something I was exactly looking forward to until Mando, his time, his, his storyline came in and then, and then things started heating up, and they got Cad Bane involved. So like it really, it really crescendoed at the right time, I think, at the end of the at the end of the season. But it was it was some tough, you know. I liked I liked the Tuscan Raiders side. I liked the development of of the characters going forward. But then yeah, like the, the kids that could have done without a lot of the I don't know, a lot of the backstories could have done without you know, barring the the Tuscan Raiders. I did like that they're starting to introduce. Um like syndicates now like i'm i'm, I'm really oh, like the pike syndicate like the pikes i yeah. like the pike. I, I like that too i thought it was that's about time because i that when when you learn about sifo-dyas and how sifo-dyas was being held uh as it obadiah is that where they were obadiah obadiah um in how the pikes were controlling sifo-dyas when everyone thought he was dead i thought that was i thought that was a great episode where mm-hmm. they infiltrate obadiah um when the pikes showed up in the solo Honestly, when I first saw Solo, I didn't watch Clone Wars, so I had no idea about Kessel and the spice running and the and the and the pikes. You know, I actually thought it was a droid the first time I saw it, the one that they had because the one because of the helmet because they changed up what they looked like from Solo to uh, to this show to Boba um, to Boba. Well, and I, I honestly think that I mean they can't make it spot for spot, obviously, but 
I loved the the way they had them look in the Clone Wars. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I liked the way they represented them in the Clone like Wars. tiny faces and like but, ornate feathers. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. They were super cool, no. and they kind of got that right with like the helmets. But like, then you see the, then you see the you know the 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 head the head you know leader in the Book of Boba Fett, and he's got these like weird like. You know, uh, like, like kind of like, like a, du- he's got like a double chin. chin with yeah. skin tags on it. Yeah. yeah, they look like fish. Like I did like it when it's like when we were when we were talking about it. You know, in our own conversations, and you know, I was like, oh, I like the new sporty helmets. Like they're like sport <laughs> helmets. You know, I, but, but but again, the Clone Wars, their helmets are huge because their face, their whole like headdress, they're massive. They yeah. look like uh, all. You know, I don't even know what they look like. They look like. Uh, armadillos and, and you know what reminds me you know like kind of calls to in my opinion Stargate remember when they like the in the original Stargate how they had the metal like uh, Nubian I never watched Stargate no? no oh okay well, should I have I, I like the original Stargate I, I didn't I haven't watched any of the other ones let alone the series on sci-fi I haven't watched any of that but I remember I watched Stargate as a kid and they have these like it's kind of like this callback to like Egyptian times too. So I think like, you know, the head of Anubis or like the hawks or like, but they, they were metal. So like they would, they would, inca- they would encapsulate their heads hmm. as headdresses, but they were also armor when they fought. Huh. And it's kind of like how the, it's, it's very like, that's why I think they, like the, the Pike's helmets call back to almost that. Cause it's like this big, it covers their huge heads, but it's like this huge headdress at the same time. It's really cool. Yeah. But yeah. No, so I, I'm really excited to see like, Hopefully they keep introducing other syndicates. I want. I'm hoping they keep in, in, introducing like other, quite frankly, other characters from the Clone Wars. Yeah. That that we can expect to see. I'd love to see a live action, you know, um, uh, representation of like the Bad Batch. Maybe a couple of them pop into an episode or two. Would be really cool. I mean, yeah. so that's what I, I think. That's what I like most about Boba is the potential that they've now laid the ground for. I mean, if Rex is alive for the Battle of Endor, then seemingly the bad batch could still be alive mm-hmm. in the era of, of the book of Boba Fett and all that. Um, that's, I mean, that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I really do like how they retcon Rex into the return of the Jedi. Cause so there's a character that was untitled that had a white beard in the battle mm-hmm. of Endor. Mm-hmm. And then during the rebels, animated series they make rex with a big white beard yeah so then that you can draw that line even further yeah and um interesting i didn't know that but that that's yeah yeah check it out google it do the uh rex type rex return of the jedi oh yeah it's even auto populated for me oh yeah so you see how you see how they do that Uh uh-huh isn't that kind of cool that is cool so that's really cool seemingly they retconned rex into the into the deal by giving him the big white beard in Rebels. Um, speaking nice. of Rebels, I fuck, I was watching season two today, um, and which I think I, I don't know where you stand on this, but as far as series are concerned, Rebels is by far my favorite. Rebels is great. I, it's I, I mean, I I love Kanan. I, I yeah, and it's so like watching it this time around after seeing Bad Batch, and because the beginning of Bad Batch you see Caleb Doom. Which is Kanan Jarrus's name before he changes it. You see his master get struck down. You see Kanan running away, mm-hmm. and you watch Rebels again. And the Inquisitor said, "You're gonna run again, like you did away from your master." Now, now we've seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you like you have the inter- you have the um, interaction with him and Ahsoka. Looked up today, Ahsoka and him actually didn't. They knew each other as Padawans, which I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know that. They, but. Um, 
they, uh, they, they wouldn't know each other well, according to Wikipedia, um, but they were sparring partners in, in the academy. Oh, wow. So that's kind of an interesting little factoid, but I think Kanan Jarrus' character is really good because he's a Qui-Gon-esque type of... Uh, so from what I read in canon... Uh, not read, but what I heard is in canon. Kanan gets becomes a drunk after um, Order sixty six. Order sixty six. He starts working for a junker, which then he meets Hera on a when they're on a job, and Hera is doing you know rebel shit. And then he fell in love with Hera right away, so he got sober and then became Hera's partner in the whole thing. Huh. Um, but watching watching rebels, the thing that I was, so I was watching the episode where they go into the Jedi Temple with Ahsoka. They're trying to reach Yoda, and then Kanan goes and fights the temple uh, temple guardians, mm-hmm. which turns out to be one of the Grand Inquisitor, uh, because the Grand Inquisitor was a Jedi before he became an Inquisitor, and that's why I researched and found out that huh. the Inquisitors are actually fallen Jedi. That's why they're force sensitive, and that's why they can use yield a white lights uh, yield a lightsaber. Um, but. Uh, Yoda, when he's talking to Ezra in there, said, yes, the Jedi were consumed by the dark side during the Clone Wars. And they gave in to their pride, and they gave in to their fear, and they were consumed by the dark side. It I've never recognized before that. Because we watch the prequels now with, you know, they're New so... Hip- with hypocr- the, the Jedi were hypocrites. Yeah. And, you know, reading Master and Apprentice like I am now, which is a story about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, you know... Qui-Gon was wised up to the council's hubris. So was Dooku. And Dooku left the order and didn't become... He went to go rule his Serrano. Serrano. And he was given the title of Count because he was going to rule his people because he was dismayed with the Jedi. Uh, Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, Jedi order. And then through... Th- then he became the Separatist leader. And then from that, he was corrupted by Palpatine because Palpatine said he could help his people. Mm kind of layers that I've never really recognized before. But interesting. But I thought it was interesting how Yoda said yes, the Jedi were corrupted by the dark side. Cuz yeah. It seems like Yoda well, finally gets it. And, and everyone talks about Yoda as this benevolent person. Like he's the coolest. Yeah. But at the same time it's like he was so wrong. And well and and what what was his, you know, what was his reaction to that? He exiled himself and, and died on that planet. <laughs> I mean, Essentially, he, he did yeah. nothing to fix it. He literally just bailed. Yeah, I mean, like he okay, he trained he trained Luke, but Luke had to go seek him out. Like, and it's, and it's interesting. Like Luke is so like something I didn't like about the season two is that you know Luke made Grogu choose the lightsaber or the armor, right? Yeah, isn't that an absolute? Yeah, only Sith deal with absolutes. Yeah. Like I know that, well, and, and is isn't that pride to be to to assume that you can't have a possession from a from a previous life to bring into the Jedi, or to bring it to bring forward with you as a Jedi? Like, why does again, like you said, why does it have to be an absolute? Yeah. Which again, who deals in absolutes? Again, oh, the Sith, me. only the Sith deal in absolutes. I say it all the time. As I'm wearing my dark side hat right now, um, <laughs> I only deal in absolutes. That's what I do. Um, yeah, it's, it's so many so. Reading Master and Apprentice, I sent you that thing on the Duel of Fates. Did I, did mm-hmm, I send you that? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting because uh, the song when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are fighting Maul, mm-hmm. they're like, ah, ha, yeah, the, yeah, the choir. Yeah. yeah. It's called the Duel of Fates. And mm-hmm. with Qui-Gon dying, so the, 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 way, so the, the, the way that the 
Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are structured. Qui-Gon does what he sees as right, where Obi-Wan is a strict rule follower. That's why they butted heads a lot mm-hmm. as Master and Apprentice. Um, and with Anakin coming in at the age that he was, he needed a nuanced master like Qui-Gon because he's going to be dealing with attachment issues. And, and you know, Qui-Gon believed in that Jedis can love, which is why Obi-Wan fell in love with um, the Duchess of Teen. Yeah. Um, and... And Obi-Wan is more by the book. That's why Obi-Wan got out the mas- as a, became a master on the council really quickly because he was very upheld the Jedi Order and the, and the rules where Anakin had a lot of problems mm-hmm. where Qui-Gon would have been a better fit for him. But with Maul killing, uh, with Maul c- killing Qui-Gon, he essentially opened up Anakin to be um, influenced. Re- influenced by yeah, the dark side. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's, and that's, that's one thing I would love to see more development on, or I guess maybe I should need to research more on is like, and I've talked to you about this, but the dichotomy between, or the dichotomy of Qui-Gon and Count Dooku, because I feel like Qui-Gon and Count Dooku agree on 99% of everything about whether it's the Jedi Order, how they view the Force, but they both go in separate directions, Mm -hmm. right? And and it just, it's kind of reminds me of like, you know, X-Men, right? You have you have Professor Xavier, you have Magneto, and they're, you know, adversaries. Yet and my, they and both my besties, agree that, too. Yeah, because yeah. they, they both agree that, that, you know, they are a gift to the planet, yet they both have different... You know, one says we need to partner with the humans, and one says we need to just get rid of them. We are the evolution, right? Yeah. So, and I, I feel like that's kind of how Qui-Gon and, and Count Dooku were, whereas Qui-Gon saw the, like I said, the hubris and the and the... The, the pride and the, the cracks that were in the foundation of the Jedi Order and decided to still work amongst them and let the Force guide him to hopefully help the Jedi Order, right? Yeah. Whereas Count Dooku just completely just did away with them. There was and, an, yeah, there was an interesting quote in Master, not, I mean, there was a part in Master and uh, Apprentice, uh, great book if you haven't read it. I'm only halfway through right now, but um, Obi-Wan had a hard time relating to people on an outside rim world because he grew up in Coruscant. He was mm-hmm. trained in Coruscant. And so when he went out to these smaller worlds... He's like rather highborn then. He's, it's very highborn. So he gets there and he looks at him kind of like hickish. Like, why do you have to have this festival? He doesn't understand cultures. He's come from Coruscant. He's seeing Boba Fett like, oh, I was educated in Coruscant. We talked mm-hmm. about this middle, you know, middle, middle, what's it called? Middle rim, core, core world, you core know, world, yeah. snobbery. And Qui-Gon's like... I don't understand why the younglings aren't trained out in wild space. They can get more in tune with nature. They get more in tune with the force. They're not influenced by the lifestyle of Coruscant. And that would be a better way of doing that. He said, but I can never bring that up to the council because the council needs to be in Coruscant. So it's so like Qui-Gon has these ideas for the Jedi practice that isn't, like, and Dooku is the same train of thought. And then Rael Avaros, who you've probably never heard of, was the apprentice before of Dooku before? So before, Dooku trained. Dooku's Padawan first was Rala Avaros, and he became a knight, and then Dooku became a master, and then Qui Gon was his second one, and and so okay. and Rala Avaros is the same thing. He's kind of in the same mindset as Qui Gon. So interesting. You know, in the beginning of the book, Qui Gon gets invited to join the Jedi Council because with Dooku leaving, there's a vacancy. And or no, it wasn't. No, it, was, it wasn't Dooku. So, uh, Jedi left. He was old, and Yoda hate 
doesn't hate Qui-Gon, but doesn't agree with Qui-Gon. And it's actually Mace Windu that puts forth Qui-Gon, the need for Qui-Gon. And Yoda, like, begrudgingly says, well, then invite him. And so that's what the book's about. But ultimately, we find out that Qui-Gon turns it down because he's not a part of the Council during The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the hard part about reading these books after the movies because you like know certain things happen. Yeah, you know certain characters live or like leading to things. Yeah, like that's why the the death of Cad Bane was such a shock for me in the sense that like his fate was unwritten because it was open ended and you didn't even know he was still alive in the Book of Boba. But we were had all had our fingers crossed that he'd yeah. show up. You know. Yeah. But when you read these books that are you know there's movies that happen in between it uh, it changes things. But it's kind of like. You know, you look at Kanan, and Kanan's the same way. Kanan, like, is so ashamed of running away, he doesn't even have his lightsaber together. Yeah. So, like, every time he wields a lightsaber, he has to connect it. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think is, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's... And then you have then you have Ezra, in the episode I watched was the end of season two, which is really... The last two episodes of season two are with Maul, and they're in the um, Sith Temple, and the Inquisitors, and Kanan gets blinded, and Darth Vader shows um, up, and Ahsoka fights Darth Vader. There's like, there's so much so stuff happens. packed into it. Um, and Ezra, you know, like, Luke is like the, Luke is the all-powerful, but Luke also force chokes people. And Luke, you know, like, so like, okay, it's just, I don't know, have you heard the story? So, in Return of the Jedi, when Luke goes up to try and turn Vader and defeat the Emperor, his suit's all black. Mm-hmm. And then once Luke does not give in to the dark side, a piece of his his, his tunic falls over and it's white on the inside. Oh, really? So light, it's so supposed to represent light coming through, even though... But Luke is a balance of dark and light. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of... And I think that it's like... Like, it breaks the Jedi hierarchy of light or dark or the... Well, again, the other absolutism know, that you correct. find... Like, again, like the, the, the Jedi hypocrisy where it's like... they It's almost like they, they project a lot of their own sins onto the Sith, right? Yeah. And, I mean, to, I mean, to be clear, the Jedi definitely are you know, singularly focused on only tapping into the light and not giving in to the dark, right? Whereas, I've, I've, I mean, even... Even with Palpatine, when he's talking to Anakin and Coruscant, he says, like, you know, if you want to learn the ways of the Force, you've got to learn more than just the light side. He tells you that there's many ways to the Force, yeah. right? And and I feel like, you know, I, and again, I don't know what, what George Lucas was thinking when he was creating all of this, but, I mean, you have to imagine that maybe the, these, you know, these, these Sith, you know, do they really just solely give in to the dark side? Or do they... You know, do they were they outcast for for trying to embrace all of it, right? Mm-hmm. And that that's the, I mean, just like with the father and the son, you know, the father and the son, and the daughter. Like, there's two halves, yeah. And the father kept balance. Luke was a balance, Correct. right? So it's like, well, maybe it's maybe it's again, it's mm. it's more than just light and dark. Sometimes you got to force choke a bitch. I mean, <laughs> you know, like I, I get it. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I just, just diving into this stuff, though, it's like this is what makes me like nerd out. And it's reading the books give has given me like reading the Thrawn trilogy, which you're in the middle of. Yes. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm in the middle of literally in the middle of the entire trilogy. Actually, I'm on I'm in the middle of the second book, Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn. But and you I'm, get I'm loving it. So you far. get so much perspective on the Empire that I don't think you really have. And I think that we don't know about the Sith outside of 
what the Jedi have told us. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you look at history, and history is always written by the victor. And it's like, I'm sure there's some aspects where the Sith make, this is going to sound really weird, but the Sith make an interesting point. Mm-hmm. A point to be contended with or thought of, yet there's this idealism that Sith are all bad. Yes, where you read these books like the Thrawn trilogy, and you look at the inner workings of Coruscant, and you see a lot of people have noble purposes by the Empire, bringing peace, prosperity, safety. Mm-hmm. So, I'd like to see a more like bad side oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you know, haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. and like I was watching Rebels, like I said today, and there's that episode where Claus or Agent Callus and Zeb get caught on the moon of um, Geonosis, and watching it with fresher eyes from reading the Thrawn books, because the Thrawn books are written from the perspective of the Empire. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in those books realize that something's not right about the way the empire handles their business, but they're looking at the broader mission overall. Yeah. Um, and you look at Callus and Callus asked Zeb a very important question. He's like, you know, when he said Lasats, when Zeb said Lasats, all Lasats aren't the same. Callus asked a question that hit me kind of hard. It's like, couldn't, could you say the same thing about Imperials? And Zeb said, no, mm-hmm. which I thought was very, nuanced way of like putting it back in front of our faces. Like our heroes also don't have the nuance. Yeah. With that. They don't, they're not open-minded enough to think that, well, again, maybe all Imperials aren't bad, which but rather following orders, which I thought or is, again, they have their own view of what peace and prosperity looks like. Correct. And I thought it was really interesting because remember when we watched Bandalorian season two and then they were talking about, it was when the one, when the one when Bill, they, Bill Burr was in it. Or no, it's, it's when they hijacked that that Lambda class shuttle, and the guy's like, "Do you know how many my friend, my my friends and family died on Death Star?" Yeah, like they were. He saw them with hatred for Correct. what they had done to his people. I think that's a really cool like balance that can mm-hmm. be really explored, and I think that with characters like Ahsoka Tano, and characters like Din, Jardin, and, mm-hmm. and, and even. Boba, for, but Boba feels so forced. I mean, like Boba's nice turn. Like I get the context of like, uh, I get the context of this. The Tuscan Raider showed him what it's like to have a tribe, but at the same time, he literally was told by Darth Vader to calm it down a little bit. No disintegrations this time. Like they, they, yeah, they disnified him. Kind of. Well, yeah. To your point, yeah, they, they forced it. Whereas a guy like like. The story that that was very believable was him when he would when when he mentioned in the series like I'm done putting my life on the line for other people. I'm taking care of me now, right? Like yeah. that was the believable. They should have pulled that thread further. And just because he says that doesn't mean all of a sudden he's this good guy who's turned a new leaf. He's still going to take care of himself. Yeah. Right? And and not, not that he can't be be and do good for his people, right? And be more of a benevolent dictator, if you will. Yes. But at Lovingly the same time, he still, he would, but he would still be a dictator. He's still looking to rule. Otherwise, again, it's otherwise. Why would you go? Why would you take over the Hut's throne? I feel like they failed to really expand on that because that's what I'm saying. They say he's a crime lord, but I don't think he committed a single crime no. the entire. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think the more believable story would be like. I'm going to get things done the way I, I get them done. My Boba Fett ways of getting things done. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use them for good. Like That's where it's like, you kind of want to make the, the lovable bad guy. He's doing good things. He might be doing bad, he might be getting around them by bad ways, which is how he's been trained and how he's been living his entire life. 
This time around, though, he's doing it for him and his empire he's building, not for anybody else, right? And that's that's where I feel like they didn't really, like, again, they, they disney fight it, where it's like, oh, I'm going to be good now. Like, he never was good. He never was good. No, even even when he was a kid, yeah. he, was, he was a little shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was a prick. Yeah. And it's like, I get <laughs> so, it. I get if your dad gets murdered in front of you by a dude wielding a purple lightsaber, you might be a little angry, but... <laughs> One of a kind. I haven't seen another purple lightsaber out there. <laughs> Well, you know the story behind that, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and for those of you that don't, Samuel L. Jackson said, I will be in your movie, but I want a purple lightsaber. So yep. um, so George said, sure. Yeah. And then they had <laughs> badass mother effer engraved on his hilt. Did they? As a callback from Pulp Fiction. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, you know, I, I just feel like they... They wanted to sell more merch, and he's you can sell more merch as a good guy. But it's funny, like, so like I don't know. That's something about me too. When I was a kid, I used to despise the dark side because I was they were the bad guys. I was trained to, yeah. Um, and uh, we're torturing a gungan behind us. Uh, so if you hear that, um, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I I just feel like I don't like the like he's supposed to be a crime lord maybe he's offering protection and he's taking tribute as like a mobstery type thing but at the same time it's like i'd rather see him be more evil take i mean o- take over the spice trade even breaking bad which is an anti-hero story mm-hmm. like you like the guy just enough before that you dismiss his heinous acts yeah that's what i'm saying that's what they should have done with boba there's a there's like a worse person that comes in than boba yeah. and he defends the town against the worst person yeah and, and again, I'm, it's almost kind of like a, it's like a, you know, almost like a mutually assured destruction type of thing that I feel like they could have really played on well with, he's going to do his thing. He's still going to be a crime lord. And it's like, but his people are still his people. Don't mess with them. Yeah. Especially if, if the Pikes can come in and run, run spice on his turf. No, 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 no. Right. He takes care of it in the way he would take care of it. Yeah. Right. And then, I don't know, maybe take that spice and run it himself. But you know, keep it, but keep it away from his village. You know who the ba- the badass is though? It's Fennec. I mean, Fennec Shad went and just fucking murdered killed, everyone. Yeah, killed like eight people in a matter of like thirty seconds. Correct. Yeah, Pretty sweet. It was really now, granted, sweet. I mean, the mayor was hardly a, a, a warrior, <laughs> but yeah, you know, but probably hey. the easiest type of alien to uh, to hang because they have like that. We just kind of like <laughs> hook it around. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's that species called? The, I like forget. It's like, it's it's like Gorgian or... Um, uh, I'll get up. I mean, it's not really important, but at the same time, we might as well get it right. I'm looking him up. Mokshais. He's a... Uh, yeah, who... What is he? Mokshais. Uh, that's not what I wanted. But... Well, it's cool in the animated Clone Wars like, movie, I guess is what it was, with... Uh, um, like like the same artist that did like Dexter's Laboratory and all them, yeah, like the Cartoon Network one. There's a Jedi that's him, his yeah. race. What do you know? What it? Well, I was watching, and obviously, I I don't know how many times I have to tell you I was watching Rebels. <laughs> um, but you know, like there's a Force sensitive child that they saved that it was this race as well. There's a species right there is Ithorian. Ithorian. Um, Ithorian. Huh. But uh, you know, I like I like. <sighs> Something something else about I liked about Boba is that they didn't use a lot of CGI. I mean, they use CGI for the huts, but you really have to. Mm-hmm. But all the the Bosk 
type aliens, which I'm forgetting their names. Um, the dog faced race, like they all had people in prosthetic and makeup. Yeah. And while it made it look more rigid, I thought it was. I thought I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, it wasn't because like, we're of the generation that when it, you know when we were growing up, we actually, you know, we preceded the prequels even. So yeah. it's like we, you know, we grew up with the original, you know, uh, mock, you know. But the prequels art. were all CGI. Like Jar Jar yeah. Binks didn't walk around and, yeah. and all that stuff. So no, that, that was all filmed in a green screen. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's it, yeah. For, I think. You know, since I guess our theme has really been here on just kind of Boba Fett wrapping up and what our thoughts are about it, but um, you know, I'm, I'm I I like I like where Boba Fett could potentially take it if they keep making him this good guy. It'll kind of weaken, in my opinion, the 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 lore. Yeah. So he's, he's but his I mean we we should probably say this for another time. Um, the lore was unearned, in my opinion. Yeah. You don't. You would disagree. Well. <clears throat> Again, they had the opportunity to give foundation to the lore, and they didn't. Yeah. I mean, yes, pretty badass that he wrote a rancor and started messing some th- some people up that way. But like, again, like like people who are fans of his just from the, the original trilogy are expecting to see some things that they go. That's why I liked him. Yeah. That's I knew I liked him yeah. for a reason. Let's uh let's end here. Next time we'll pick up why you like Boba Fett. How was that song? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a shorter list now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Take care.